Jad Dogger is a writer on Twitter under the name The Eastern Way, an account where he shares ancient Eastern philosophical insights to address modern anxiety. Aside from writing his own content, Jad is also a Twitter ghostwriter while still being a college student. In this episode, Jad and I had a very wide-ranging conversation as we talked about topics all the way from Eastern philosophies like Taoism and Buddhism to being ghostwriters on Twitter. We also dove into the topic of psychedelics, which was a really fun part of the conversation and a topic that's been long overdue on this podcast. If you want to skip to a particular section of the podcast, there's timestamps in the show notes below. Without further ado, let's jump right into it. This meeting is being recorded. All right, we're live. How you doing today, Jed? I'm good, brother. What about you, man? Doing great, doing great. Life is great. Cannot complain. Where are you at right now? I'm in uh, Florida. Okay, gotcha. And yeah. just to give a little bit of a background, are you, are you studying in school there? What are you doing out there? Yeah, so I'm a junior in college right now. I study school at, at Florida. And um, yeah, I'm looking to hopefully have like a solid online income by the time I graduate. Bro, we're in the exact same spot. I'm a junior too. Yeah. So I'm going to be graduating. I just got it moved up to March 2024. It was supposed to be June, Damn. but I finessed it. So now I'm three months earlier, but I'm the yeah. same way as you. It's like, I want to build up this online business to get to the point where when you graduate, you don't necessarily have to go work the corporate job. That was my philosophy at the start of this. So I'm curious, like, how did you, how did you find out about the online stuff? And like, why do you think this path is for you? Yeah, so I kind of already knew about it, like in high school. So I kind of knew about like, the drop shipping and the social media marketing and all that. Like I would see ads on Instagram. And I, I kind of think about it, I'd be like, okay, that's something that I want to pursue, but I don't really know how to yet. You know what I mean? And then freshman year in college, I, I tried Amazon FBA and just didn't work like I failed yeah um I uh, I lost like a couple grand and then like there were some steps that I didn't take but that was also around the time like I discovered eastern philosophy so I was like okay I kind of want to shift from that and kind of like move into what I'm interested in and so when I started thinking about that I was like okay like I kind of like writing you know like writing school so I started writing online and I actually had a blog before anything else a blog called HPS Center. Um, and so I started writing for that blog with no no intent of like trying to monetize or anything. And then I was like, okay, let me move on to Twitter. So I started writing on Twitter, like, you know, just to move the brand on the Twitter onto multiple platforms or whatever. And then that's when I got kind of thrown into the money Twitter space and I started learning and I bought Dan Coe's Modern Mastery, which is great. And uh, everything kind of just evolved from there. So it was cool. Yeah, we have a very similar story there in terms of mm -hmm. like, you just start writing and like pursuing your curiosity with no intention of actually turning into anything. And then you kind of yeah. stumble down like this slippery slope and it's like, oh, wow. Like this is more than I ever could have imagined. So how long ago was that for you? So I kind of got into it around March or April. Um, and back then I still really had no intent of like monetizing. Um, I was really interested in like writing, like I started writing threads and tweets and I was like, this is so much better than like writing full on blog posts. Um, and I got more reach and more followers and I made more friends. So it was really fun. And then around like the summertime of 2022 was when I started getting in, into like the whole ghost writing scene. And I was like, okay, I really like writing. And like, I've learned from a few courses that about how to grow Twitter uh, accounts. Um, so why don't I just sell it and create my own business so I can kind of like have the best of both worlds, you know what I mean? Exactly, yeah, same here. I mean, it, it's pretty crazy how in 
I mean, for you, it's been only nine months and you've probably opened up this entire new path that you didn't even know existed. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't know what ghostwriting was four months ago. And now it's like, yeah. okay, this might be my ticket to financial geographic freedom. It's pretty insane. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's mind blowing to see like when you follow your curiosity, like the slippery slopes you can go down. So you mentioned like you got really interested in Eastern philosophy and that's what kind of led you down this path. So like, where does that come from? Are, are, do you have origins from, from the Eastern part of the world or is that just more through like reading and finding stuff online? Uh, no. So it was really more so of like stumbling upon it online. Like I, it, nothing was planned. Like, so I was really into like the self-improvement space as I'm sure like we all are. And so I was reading about more like of the modern kind of already known self-improvement tactics, like cold showers and all that, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And then it just said like from one thing to another, like I just kept going down the rabbit hole and I discovered like uh, speakers on YouTube that would talk about Eastern philosophy. And I was like, okay, like I'm actually finding a lot of answers to like my problems in Eastern philosophy, like Taoism and Buddhism and so I just kept going down the rabbit hole, man. Like, I just kept getting books. I have a stack of books literally right here. And um, I just kept listening to, to podcasts and, and, and people on YouTube. And I kept just, like, absorbing as much information as I could. And obviously, I had to, like, do my own work with it. Like, I started meditating and I started, you know, connecting with nature and doing all this stuff. And, uh, yeah, just, again, it was just natural, like, it, my journey kind of went from self-improvement to like more philosophy and I definitely found more answers in the philosophy aspects than like actual self-improvement tactics and habits yeah it's interesting because I feel like both forms are like this holistic way to become your highest self and mm -hmm. we learn about this a lot in psychology in school like the eastern cultures have a much more collectivist um type of nature like they really care about community and family whereas in the west we really care about individuality and like getting ahead of our peers and like working all the time so it's interesting because that self-improvement angle is kind of like the western angle to it it's like okay let's grind let's get ahead like let's become our highest self but then that eastern way helps you do it in a more holistic balanced way i found because yeah. when I just focus on grinding, like, okay, I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to like try to do online business. If I don't incorporate the, let's say more Eastern ways of like making sure that I'm still meditating and reading and going for walks and like taking cold showers, like I don't feel as fulfilled and whole. So it's like this whole, this holistic way that we can combine Eastern and Western values. I, I think it's so cool. Yeah, it's funny because Taoism in China was actually more of like a, it was like that big thing. It was like Taoism and Confucianism kind of play like two big roles because they're like two opposites. Like Confucianism is what you said, where everything's like really structured and society's ordered in such a way. But it kind of, it's cool for society, but on the individual aspect, it can kind of leave you confused and anxious. And so Taoism is literally like Confucianism's counterpart. It's like that safety net to where you have that balance of like, okay, I can relax and I can do what I need to do and meditate and actually like know who I am while still being in the game of society. Right. Yeah. That's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. yeah I, I haven't um, heard like the term Confucius, Confucianism. I, I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, yeah. So for anybody out there, would you mind, like, that doesn't know, would you mind kind of breaking down those two terms that you just used um, just to create a better understanding of it? Yeah. So Confucianism, well, I'm sure you, have you heard of Confucius? Yes. Yes. Like the philosopher. Yeah. So it's basically like a philosophy uh, back in the day for China. And I also don't really know a whole lot about Confucianism, but from what I do know, it's like, it's really focused on like family order and on like how everything is like structured and in a way where like so society was kind of based around Confucianism so it's like okay there's family roles that everyone needs to fulfill like the father and the brothers are the most important and underneath and underneath um so 
when society is built in such a way like that where everything's very structured and ritualistic you can kind of see how people get anxious and caught up in their roles and so Lao Tzu who is like kind of the founder of Taoism he was like okay um China kind of needs this safety net where you kind of know who you are behind the role you know what I'm saying so it's like China uh back in the day was like had Taoism and Confucianism kind of like playing against each other okay gotcha that's very it's very interesting and is Taoism associated with the Tao Te Ching like is that the book based on that philosophy yeah okay yeah okay very cool I had a mentor um couple months ago he he like made me read that book for uh for an internship mentorship program he's like you got to read this book um and I really enjoyed it and I didn't realize like that it was basically the building blocks of this whole philosophy um Mm -hmm. it seems like all of these things kind of say the same thing in a different way like following the path I've read this book called conversations with God and it was like a completely different angle but they were kind of saying the exact same thing so it's like Mm -hmm. it's interesting because um i feel like the older the book like the greater the truth is like because these these people arrived at these truths so long ago and they still hold today and it's it's fascinating to see yeah i see the same thing like a lot of like these different philosophies and religions like kind of just say the same thing but in like completely different ways and perspectives. And I know like someone like Alan Watts, I'm sure you've heard of, like I listen to him a lot. And he said um, like the, he really points out the similarities between like Taoism and Buddhism and even Christianity. Like uh, there's just so much like similar things that people kind of gloss over, which is, uh, it's insane to look at. So when you kind of study like all the different religions and philosophies, you kind of like, get a general understanding of truth and I'm still very early like I'm 20 years old you know what I mean yeah I just started like on my uh philosophical journey so I got a long ways to go yeah for sure and imagine you know if you keep this curiosity going like imagine in the next 20 30 40 years like you'll have such a more complete understanding of these things uh I've been getting into Alan Watts a bit I can't say like very much, but Matt Mick has really been like pushing him on me and I really yeah. like it. He actually lived, he lived right by where I'm at in San Francisco. Matt and I went and hiked the other day in Mere Woods and like apparently Alan Watts used to live up there in the woods. Like he had his own like 15 person like civilization up there and they That's were just like crazy. living in the woods, writing, just like existing out there, which is, it's such a fascinating thing to me that people really right. live like that. Yeah. yeah that's crazy yeah so i'm curious like and I, I know it's kind of talking in long time frames there um but like what is all this online stuff for in your eyes like what is the goal from this like is is it money is it freedom what is it well everyone wants money like whoever yeah. says they don't really like isn't in tune with with what they're doing with this online space so I think money is definitely a, a a goal. Money and freedom, honestly. Money and time freedom, location freedom, the the ability to do what I love and earn money from it with something like uh like Twitter ghostwriting. Like we're living in an age where we can literally hop on a computer and type numbers on on a on a screen and we can get money from it. Like, I just see the opportunity as something too great to to waste. And it's just something where I think I can really like craft my own life the way I want it. Like, I don't have to succumb to the nine to five trap and, and uh, like give up my dreams just to like for a safe job. You know what I mean? This is something where I can kind of exit myself and, and craft my own path for the future so that's kind of how I look at it yeah we're, we're in a really similar headspace as is like pretty much everybody I feel like on this side of Twitter which is so cool because I didn't even know that this stuff existed until a couple months ago you know I had always just thought like okay you go to college you get good grades do you get a good internship you get a good job you like 
work your way up the corporate hierarchy and you like make a bunch of money and move to Florida. And it's like, you don't have to actually live that way. There's like so many different other possibilities. Um, and like you said, like some people might say that they don't want, they don't care about money, but money is the thing that's going to allow you to live a life that you want. It's going to grant you that freedom. Um, and it's, it's such an interesting, exciting thing. So I'm, yeah. I'm hyped to see where we're at in a couple of years with it and like where we're living. But do you have any like ideas? Would you want to stay in the U.S. and Florida or are you trying to travel? Well, Florida is awesome. I mean, we got the perfect weather. I mean, yeah, there's not too many restrictions in that aspect. But traveling has always been like a goal of mine. Like I definitely want to explore and like see like Eastern Europe. And I definitely want to go to the East and, and kind of study over there and I also want to go to like the Caribbean like there's there's so many places like I don't really have a set plan but mm -hmm. traveling is definitely uh on the list but I think having like a, a home like a home base is important like mm -hmm. that nomadic lifestyle is cool but there's like something missing you know when you're just constantly traveling so I'm definitely gonna have a home base probably somewhere in the U.S. but traveling will definitely be a number one goal I like that idea about having like a home base, but then being able to go. I was talking yeah. to, to Dakota about this yesterday, actually, because he's kind of living this life how you and I want to live in a year, two years. Um, and he he's doing this whole thing called like slow travel, which I'm sure you've heard of, where you go for like a month or two at a time. So then like you're not just going to Paris for three days and like clubbing and then like leaving pretty much. You're actually like immersing yourself in the environment and living there for a couple months at a time. And I, that, that it's so appealing to me because there's so many interesting places in the world. And like, we've been so sheltered, at least I've been so sheltered, like pretty much living in the same place my whole life in Illinois up to this point. Um, but the possibilities are literally endless if you can find a path that allows for it. And that's why like the online stuff, it, it's so intriguing to me. But, yeah, and um, the four-hour work week talks a lot about that. Like, it's yes. called um, fuck, what's it called? Like, I forgot the exact term, but it talks about like relocating mm -hmm. to foreign places for like a few months instead of just constantly traveling and then immersing yourself in the culture, like you said, and then like flying somewhere else. Right, because then you're like really living there. You you can yeah. become one of the locals. You'll meet people. You'll really feel like what it is to live in that spot, which is. It's so cool because you can just like put yourself in these different realities and figure out like what works best for you. And like by doing that, you'll actually find new parts of yourself that you didn't know existed because like our environment, it's so important to have different stimulus so that new genes can literally turn on and express themselves. Like this summer, before this summer, I had never, I hadn't written anything in like years for fun but putting myself in this environment where I was like journaling and backpacking, like I discover this love for new experiences and travel and writing. And it's like, that would have never happened had I had stayed in the same place my whole life, which is, it's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. Just changing your environment can lead to like the most growth you've ever seen in your life because it's hard to, to really become who you're meant to be and like if you're just immersed in that same environment you know especially yeah. if you're in like your hometown and everyone's trying to put these limitations on you it's important to get out mm -hmm. and like change your own environment like in your house to like something that's appealing to live in but also like you said traveling and immersing yourself in that culture because you actually will find parts of yourself that you didn't even know existed and the most periods of growth that you'll probably see will be when you like change environments and see okay like let me see what i made of here like how can i make this the best uh environment possible exactly and you'll mature so much faster when you just throw yourself out there and like give yourself no choice like before the summer i had only been on a plane one time by myself so i was like scared as shit and yeah. i just went with one of my best friends from high school just him and i and we were we were both like scared shitless honestly to go backpacking but a month into it, we're like, okay, like we got the hang of this. And we actually decided to split up for like three weeks and go off on our separate ways, go off alone. And those three weeks alone, like traveling in a foreign country where nobody knows you, like 
you will learn more about yourself in the three weeks there than like three years in your hometown. It's absolutely yeah. incredible. Damn, that's insane. I can I can definitely like attest to that because I recently moved out of my parents' house and like I had to like really mature and like the most periods of growth came like in the first two months after I moved out because right. now I have to like, pay rent and I have to pay everything for myself and I have to like just really become like an adult <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like it was time so yeah like moving out of your parents house will definitely is definitely another thing that that leads to insane growth you have to like learn how to take responsibility and shit I didn't even know like like paper towels are so fucking expensive like I didn't even realize <laughs> right like, right so it's just yeah it's just it's basically seeing what you're made of like okay um how do I handle like this pressure and how how can I like that pressure will change you you know what I'm saying like diamonds yes. aren't created without pressure so exactly when you leave yourself no choice you have to grow you have to evolve mm -hmm. or else like you have two options you can either grow up and like figure it out or you could cave and like move back in with your parents or like go back home like but when you don't even give yourself the option like you have to grow um and something that we were just talking about that makes me think of this we we're talking about like how immersing yourself in different realities can foster new insights and new growth and new personality traits and another way for me that I've kind of fostered that reality change or put myself in new states of consciousness, let's say, um, is like psychedelic experiences. And so I know your pinned tweet is, uh, is a thread about uh, your heroic dose of mushrooms, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, tell me about this journey. Like, why did you do it in the first place? And like, what did you learn? Yeah, so before that, I had a lot of experiences with like, uh with plant medicines like um i would like smoked weed a lot with my friends and i um i've had like probably four or five mushroom trips before that and i've also been listening to like a lot of terence mckenna at the time and so he's yeah. obviously big on like psychedelic mushrooms and all right. that and so i just thought i was ready i just i heard all the stories and i I wanted to see for myself. I wanted to see if I was going to experience God and I would have this life-changing experience. And yeah, so I copped about seven grams. Seven? I didn't take seven grams. I just copped seven grams. I was like, bro, seven is <laughs> insane. Oh my no, God. no, no. I took, I took probably, if I'm being exact, I remember it was like 4.8 because I was too scared to go to like the five. I was like, okay, I'm going to stick at the 4.8. That's crazy um, still. Yeah, so I was home alone for the day. I set up my environment. I kind of, I did my set and setting, did it by myself. I did not want anyone to see mm -hmm. what I was going through when I was on fucking five grams. But yeah, man, it was crazy. Unlike anything I've ever experienced. And I say it definitely changed my mindset afterwards. Because looking back, it was about six months ago. Looking mm -hmm. back, I can see like how that was a catalyst for a lot of changes that I made in my life. And so it was cool, man. It was a, definitely a cool experience. And I think I'm probably going to do it again, at least once in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like kind of doing it once every, I don't know, whatever works for you, but like three, six months, just to kind of make sure you're on that right path um, for me has been extremely instrumental. Um, so I'm curious, like when you did it, like, do you have any insights that you remember um, that like really changed your life or stood out to you yeah so I know a lot of people talk about like oh I experienced God and and I'm like enlightened and whatever but I didn't really experience any of that like spiritual side of it it was more like like practical changes that I made like for one I stopped smoking weed after that like that really kind of motivated me to like sober up and it's not like I had a problem with weed but I just kind of realized how it was holding me back and mm -hmm. so that really like was like the change where I was like okay I'm gonna stop smoking weed and I also another big change was that I really found like what I wanted out of life like I, I decided okay I'm gonna go all in on this ghostwriting thing like I really like writing and this ghostwriting thing is too good of an opportunity to waste to focus on something else 
And so I think those two big changes were made. I stopped smoking weed and I kind of went on like a, a little monk mode period where I was like, okay, I'm just going to put my head down and grind. And, um, and yeah, I just found my love for writing and a lot of things were like kind of shown to me and, and like psychedelics open up your mind in, in so many ways. So like my behavior was definitely changed after that. Like I, my, like I had social anxiety for a while and every mushroom trip afterwards, I'm just extremely social. Like, I just don't care. There's like yeah. a period where I just talk my, talk what I, what I feel without a filter and, and that's another big change. Like, yeah. And that's losing the ego. That's, that's what they talk about losing the ego because when you don't care so much about what people think of you and you're just comfortable being yourself, you're not, ex you're not afraid to go approach somebody to speak your mind, to say what you think. That was an yeah. interesting takeaway for me too, that like, I never would have thought like that would foster. Um, but like, what they do, what psychedelics do is like, they just put you into new states of consciousness where you're able to understand things on a different level. Like that clarity you had, I'm like, I'm not going to smoke weed. Like there's been so many studies that show like after a psychedelic experience, people stop smoking cigarettes. They stop smoking weed. They stop drinking, but it's not like a causes B. It's not like the mushrooms cause you to stop smoking. It's like, the mushrooms put you in a state of mind to understand why you should stop smoking. They allow you exactly. to gain this clarity on it, um, which is yeah. so fascinating to me. And I, obviously, like, I'm not advocating for the use. Disclaimer, I'm not advocating for the use. <laughs> Everybody, do your own research. Like, come to your own conclusions. Like, I'm not advocating for it. But if you are looking for, like, a life-changing, like, clarifying experience like i'd say at least look into it at least like be open-minded enough to not just be like oh no like drugs like yeah. actually approach it with an open mind like be curious be like oh wow wait the, the the computer processing chip was actually made by somebody who was on lsd it's like these world-changing innovations and these thought leaders like they have experimented with these things and it's literally changed the world so yeah i think i think clarity is like the big point that you mentioned like just after a trip there's just a period where you're just everything is so clear mm -hmm. like i heard i heard this metaphor where it's like your mind think of your mind as like a snowy hill and when snow falls on the hill snow collects and say and let's say your thinking patterns and your habits are like a sled going down the hill so when the sled goes down the hill there leaves like a, a trail, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's like an indent, there's like an indent in the in the snow. Right. So it's when you slide down, it's easier to slide down those trails that you already slid on. And so with that, psychedelics are like you clearing the hill. So all your thought patterns and your habits are like cleared. And it's just like just everything is so clear after. And it's really something that you have to experience for yourself to like really understand. Exactly, bro. That's a great way to put it. It's a great analogy. Um, and I've seen this visual. You could look it up on Google, anybody out there. It's like a really quick search. You can look up brain sober, like brain neural pathways sober versus brain neural pathways on psilocybin. And when you're sober, like there's a, there's a couple connections like going through, but when you're on psilocybin, the connections, like the neural pathways, I'm not explaining it very scientifically or well, but yeah. they're basically heightened to a, a new extent. Like you have a hundred times as many pathways lit up in your brain. So you're arriving at new conclusions that you never would have before. And like you said, like these few pathways that we just always are, are habitually going through. Like we just go through the motions of life and don't really think twice about it until you put yourself in this new state and realize like, oh, wait, there's actually more ways to exist than the way I'm currently existing. Now, exactly. another thing is like, you don't have to do psychedelics to arrive at these conclusions. I know Naval talks about like, he, he basically meditates for an hour a day and he arrives at these types of states just through meditation, which I, I find fascinating. And I think I actually, I'm, I'm thinking about starting this challenge on Twitter. I was wondering if you'd be interested. I want to start like the Naval 60 for 60 challenge where he says like, 
it'll take you about 60 minutes a day for 60 days to like really clear out your head and just get all these like thoughts out of your head and just become like super locked into the present moment. So I'm curious to like start that maybe in the summer when I have more time. Honestly, it sounds like a fantastic idea because most I've meditated for is probably 15, 20 minutes at a time. And yeah. I've already, I already go deep when mm-hmm. I'm like 15 minutes in, I'm like, I'm like in the abyss. Yeah. But um, 60 minutes, I definitely want to try that. That's intense. Yeah. I've, I've never tried it either. Like I did this morning, I did 10 minutes and I was like, damn, I was actually kind of upset when the timer went off because I was like really getting into the zone. And yeah. the, the common pushback would be like, I don't have 60 minutes to meditate, but in reality, like if you cut out a lot of the bullshit that you're probably doing during the day, you, everybody does. So yeah, I'll keep you posted. Like we might have to hop on this. I might, I might just do it myself tomorrow and see what's up. <laughs> <laughs> really? 60 minutes. All right. I'm actually down. I, I have, I don't have a lot tomorrow, so let's hold each other to it. Let's do it. That'll be sweet. Okay, I'm, I'm going to DM you. Do you yeah. have to do 60 minutes like in a row or can it be like 30 and 30? Ooh, I don't know. I, you could probably do whatever you want with it, but I don't know. I would say for me, I would try to go like the whole 60 straight to really like feel what it feels like. Like yeah, 60 is crazy. Sit there for an hour with doing nothing. It's crazy. Yeah. But I'm, I remember um, uh, Juan Gomez in the chat, he said he's um going on a seven hour car ride, no music, no podcast, no phone, just him in his car, nothing, seven hours. Dude, I love that guy. He's so, he's so sick. <laughs> and I was like, bro, that's literally like a seven-hour meditation if you think about it. It is. Just your thoughts. Yeah. Just you and your thoughts. And I was like, bro, I mean, you're stronger than me. But yeah, like that's something I want to experiment with. Like I'll do like 20, 30-minute car rides where like it's nothing. Yeah. And it's it's cool. Like I kind of – like your thoughts just flow naturally and you go like down these rabbit mm-hmm. holes in your mind. Yeah, and that's where creativity comes from. Like – you you cannot force creativity like creativity has to come in those moments when you're bored like seven yeah. hours is crazy but um i've done some things in the past where like every couple of months and I, if i feel like i'm just like like going through the motions and not really present i'll take a day where like i'm not gonna go on my phone like computer anything like no inputs or anything i'll i'll do an entire day I won't even check a clock i've done this a couple of times um and i'll just bring like a journal and a couple books and i'll just like walk around and you just really feel so present in those moments it's a bit uncomfortable sure but you're able to like really introspect and reflect yeah and um i definitely feel that like i'll go like a few hours like just walking in nature like sitting on a park bench mm-hmm. and sometimes i'll bring a journal and sometimes i won't yeah but when you like turn off all the distractions and the entertainment it's really kind of amazing what happens to your mind because you don't do anything. You literally do nothing. You don't have to do anything and your mind will start working on itself. That's mm-hmm. sub- anything that's in the subconscious will start to reveal itself. And I really think that one of the modern plagues in like Western societies were too fucking distracted. Like we're yep. always on our phone, always listening to music, always doing something. And those intermittent periods of boredom are so important for like mental and spiritual health. I love that term, intermittent periods of boredom. That's a really cool way to put it. And, you know, if you think about it, like we're not meant to be stimulated 24-7. Like the iPhone and technology allows us to just constantly, we don't ever have to be bored unless we choose to, unless we actively choose to be bored. And like, who would do that? That sounds stupid. That sounds crazy. But once you realize that like being bored is actually your natural state. Like before any of this, like technology or anything, we were constantly bored. We were just existing. And then once something exciting happens, like, oh, we have to go like hunt this deer or like we have to go like fight this other tribe. That's when like we felt stimulated, but we would, we most often feel bored. So tapping into that intermittent boredom, as you call it, I love that. Like it's so, it's so necessary because then your mind can just clear out and you can just really like see your thoughts and understand yourself. Yeah. And, and dopamine also plays an important role in that too. Cause when yes. we, when we're bored, we don't have any dopamine. It's basically our system telling us, okay, like what's the next thing to do? Like, what do we have to do? And then we see that deer that we have to hunt, like you said, 
and then that dopamine kicks in where you're like okay let me get that because the reward of when you shoot and kill that deer and you have something to eat for your tribe it releases so much dopamine that Mm -hmm. that chase is what really leads you to chase that deer and and chase that dopamine hit so you can like have that reward afterwards but nowadays we can just get dopamine whenever we want so it like leaves us less motivated to go after our goals and and uh and chase like the actual fulfilling work that we know we need to do exactly bro because it's like why would i go start a business or like why would i go to the gym and like go for a run and like really try to pursue these things if i can get like a sense of stimulation and a sense of reward from like scrolling tiktok for 30 minutes like yeah that's why at least for me like the more i try to cut out the cheap dopamine and really only focus on dopamine that is earned like those those actions become so much more rewarding like this like i didn't let myself check any notifications this morning like i don't know how my thread is doing today like i really i want to know but it'll just be a dopamine hit to check but since i haven't had any stimulation like going for a run this morning or like reading my reading a book i'm reading the obstacles away by ryan holiday like a little bit of stoic philosophy and like reading that and sipping a coffee and then having this conversation like these things become so much more engaging when you eliminate the cheap dopamine so like i'm curious like do you monitor that on a daily basis or like how do you check in with yourself yeah man i have to like obviously i'll slip up some days you know like i remember a few mornings ago like i stayed in bed and i scrolled like through social media and like when i got out of bed finally after like 30 minutes i was like I feel like a fucking zombie. Like yes. I, I don't have no motivation to do anything. And so it's, you really have to like monitor that because distractions are everywhere. Like they're just literally there ready to, to like get you out of the zone. So like turning your phone off in the, in the like first hour of the day is like crucial for me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like it's kind of like a slow process where like here and there, I won't check my phone. I won't listen to music. Like I'll cook without music. Or I'll spend the entire morning just writing and sipping a coffee. And the crazy thing is when you get rid of that cheap dopamine, things, like you said, like the simplest things become so enjoyable, like a walk through nature. People are like, why the fuck are you walking through nature? Like, that's just boring. But like, get rid of like all the social media and like a walk through nature becomes the most fascinating thing like ever. So it's like just sipping your coffee and reading a book is like so much more enjoyable than like just destroying your mind scroll after scroll after scroll mm-hmm. so, it's all relative bro it's all relative because like if you cut out the super high stimulating rewarding stuff then this more moderate stimulation like a walk through nature like reading a book become the most important the most meaningful part of your day and then you'll you'll be looking forward to those activities rather than dreading them because like let's say you're scrolling on TikTok for hours. Like that's a lot more stimulating than reading a book. So you're not going to want to read the book, but if reading the book is the only option you give yourself, that actually becomes like the reward. That is so much fun compared to like just sitting there doing nothing. So it's all relative. Yeah. It's really just like you giving yourself the option. Like you said, like, if you're like, okay, um, would I rather read this book or, or scroll through Instagram? Everyone's always going to pick Instagram. But if you, it's, it really just takes that one decision where you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm done like scrolling. I'm done like destroying my brain. I want to like see what happens. I'm curious to see what happens if I cut this out, if there will be any changes. And so you delete Instagram and you just say, okay, I'm going to try this for a week. Mm-hmm. It becomes the only option. And you realize that the things that you kind of avoid and things that you, that you like put away in favor of the cheap dopamine they are actually much more fulfilling in the long run and they actually mean something and they actually fill your soul and not just like a dopamine hit exactly bro you hit it right on the head we're we're in the same headspace for that um so i think i want to i want to kind of pivot more into this topic you had a you had a cool tweet about like finding happiness like most people think you just find happiness but you reframed it to like, you can create your happiness. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, like, what does that mean to you? Um, yeah, so like finding happiness, finding happiness is like you chasing happiness. You saying, okay, I'm not happy in this moment. What do I need to do to 
to like get happy. And that leads you chasing and chasing and chasing. And so when I say create your own happiness, I say you realize that the now is the only thing you're ever going to have. So you can create your own happiness by like kind of choosing. I know this is going to sound like kind of corny, but you can choose to be happy now. You can choose to be grateful for the things that you have. You can choose the actions that will lead you to be more fulfilled in the long run. Because when you look at it, the things you do kind of like leave an imprint on your mind, like if you regret something or if not. So if you do the things that you know you need to be doing and you're just grateful for everything that you have and everything that God gives you, there's no reason why you shouldn't be happy. And you like fix your diet and your neurochemistry. Happiness can be created and chasing happiness will only lead you to suffer more. Exactly. And that's why I'm such a believer and I'm, I'm really trying to live by like stoic philosophy because that's a really big thing it talks about is like you can control, you can't control other people. You can't, con- you can't control the weather. You can't control what other people say. You can't control the news. You can't control politics. But the one thing you can control is your perception of it in every single moment. So like, let's take a quick example. Like Matt and I were hiking um, in, in the woods the other day and it was yeah. raining pretty hard. And a part of me was like, oh, like this sucks. Like it's raining. Like I wish, you, I wish it was warm out and nice out. But once you realize like, wait, that's just my perception of it. That's just my judgment. You can just flip it and be like, this is sweet. Like it's raining out here in the woods. Like we're out here in nature. Like it's, it's beautiful. Like the rainfall sounds beautiful. And it's just one quick example, but like you can actually control your judgment in every single moment. And I, I, I so I love that. Like you can create your happiness in every moment. I don't think it's corny yeah. at all. Yeah. And um, I think happiness is like, there's a lot that goes into it. Like, obviously, your diet plays a, a insane role in, like, how mm-hmm. you feel. And, like, uh, there are obviously circumstances where you're allowed to feel sad or anxious. Like, you know, if something bad happens, like, to your family, God forbid. Like, you don't have to, like, choose to be happy. Like, oh, yay. But when I say, like, you can create your own happiness, what I mean is you you can create your reality to to foster, like, a sense of peace and a sense of joy like I think society really like drilled into us that we need external things to be happy mm-hmm. when in reality you can the, you can be happiest when you're broken and, and uh just chilling at the crib with your friends and having a good time and laughing so it, it, yes. like you said it really is just all perception of events instead of like choosing to choosing to have events like have control over you you have that choice to to say okay no i'm not gonna let this like i'm not gonna let this external thing control how i feel about me and about myself right right exactly and i love the example you say about like just chilling with your with your homies when you're broke like you should be just as happy there as when you make it or like quote unquote make it someday and you're living in a mansion like somewhere beautiful like that the mansion is not actually what's going to make you happy. You're going to get adapted to it just like you're adapted to your lifestyle right now. It's hedonism. It's always chasing more. But the goal is like the goal is to be as happy with your morning cup of coffee as you would be with like buying that Lamborghini because the material possessions, they're cool. Like we can admire them. They, they're cool at first, but you're going to get adapted to them. So the only like true like long lasting happiness is going to be that internal fulfillment that comes from within. Um, And like you said, like that's something you can control. Yeah. And I think really for a lot of people, the only way they're going to learn is through experience. So Mm -hmm. they're going to chase those materialistic things and they're going to, they're going to think that those things will give them a sense of happiness. But then when they learn uh, that those things won't is when they have all these material things and they still feel that void mm-hmm. and so that's when that hit of realization will come where it's like okay those things like were never supposed to make me happy I could be happy with or without those things and so that's really a big hit for a lot of people and the younger you learn that the better so get like all your hedonistic tendencies out of the way when you're young so that when you're like 25 26 you can understand where true happiness and fulfillment comes from right exactly and that's kind of making me think back to earlier where you're like like everybody does care about the money to an extent and i do agree with that because like 
you need to get your baseline needs met but anything after that like it's all external stuff so that's why it's like make your money get your freedom but then realize that the freedom is actually what's going to make you the most happy not necessarily like taking on more and more and more like clients and business opportunities just so you can make more money like the goal at least for me the goal is freedom not necessarily money but money is the the means to get to the freedom yeah it's definitely freedom man and i think freedom is an essential aspect in happiness which is why i think people say that money buys happiness Mm -hmm. it's a common argument money buys freedom freedom leads to happiness but freedom is just i think one aspect in like the entire equation of happiness i think there's more that goes into it happiness is like a complex emotion that comes and goes like we can't control it but um freedom is like something that is essential in like the the whole like concoction of of happiness yeah yeah i love it um switching gears again another question from your twitter feed like i love the visuals you put out like where does this where do they come from do you just find them online or like where does this artistic side of you come from so i'm not gonna lie bro i get them from pinterest (laughs) okay hey that's respect everything from Pinterest, but I guess yeah. the algorithm kind of like adapts to what you like are more like what you lean to, like the algorithm will see what you post and what you save and, and everything. So it, it kind of like gives me those pictures of what my interests are. And so anything that's like kind of relates to the tweet um, in like a cool way, I'll, I'll put it there or like just any trippy pictures or I love like Eastern art. Eastern art is so like fucking cool. It is um, dope. Yeah. Like Eastern art or like just cool art that like kind of moves me in a way. Like, I don't like all this superficial art that like is kind of modern and, and washed down. Like anything that's mm-hmm. like really like thought driven and that like, kind of makes me stop and think I'm like, okay, I'm going to save that for later. That's dope. Pinterest. Pinterest. All right. I got to look into Pinterest because usually for my threads, I'm like looking on Google for pictures and I can't always find what I'm looking for. But yeah, I think Pinterest might be the move. Bro, would Pinterest you? Yeah. Move. Pinterest the move. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you ever consider like migrating over to Instagram because like this visual aspect? Yes, bro. I've been thinking about this like pretty much since the start of January. I'm like, I'm definitely going to move over to Instagram. And there's so much... I think I just love like creating in general, like writing is cool, but like I want to create like short reels or I want to like post art and kind of like move certain things. Yeah. Like it really stimulates your mind. And so I think visuals are something that I I really want to look into, like on Instagram and on maybe even on YouTube or whatever. But Instagram definitely for sure is coming. I'll be like after this podcast, if I want to, I just click Instagram, create account and that's it exactly bro you just gotta take action just gotta take action i'm the i'm the same way with a lot of other stuff like i've been thinking about youtube um and it's just like i just gotta do it it's like it's overcoming that overcoming that initial anxiety for whatever reason that you feel or just like that resistance um but i would 100 percent i'd drop you a follow on instagram i kind of still use instagram as like a personal um but yeah i'd I'd 100 drop you a follow Hell yeah. And what you said about that resistance is so important because what that that resistance like holds us back in so many ways. And so the more you do, the more you're going to accomplish, which is obvious. Right. So it's like you just have to push through that resistance. And even if you fail, you have to keep going and see like um, like failures, success is just failures stacked on top of each other. So that that resistance really comes from the fear of the unknown. And so I had a tweet about this, which is probably one of my favorite tweets ever that I've written. It was when you replace fear of the unknown with curiosity of the unknown, then like infinite infinity, like just becomes at your door. I love that. And it's, it's all back to perception. It's all back to how you view fear, how you view the obstacle in your way. And the only way to overcome those things is through repetitive action. I, I just read a quote this morning from Ryan Holiday in that book, The Obstacle is the Way. Great book, by the way, for anybody that is out there, like has anything that in their life that's like holding them back and wants to overcome it. Like great book. Um, the quote was something along the lines, I'm probably butchering it, but it was like, genius is often just extreme perseverance in disguise. Because yeah. 
the uh, the example was Thomas and Thomas Edison like discovering electricity or the light bulb. I think it was light bulb. I'm butchering that. But basically, he didn't just have like one crazy insight in terms of how to invent this. He tried to do it 6,000 different ways and he just had extreme perseverance and eventually he stumbled upon the right answer and everybody calls him a genius. But what nobody sees is the 5,999 times where he's just like repetitively failing over and over and over again. And so, like you said, like once you replace failure with like, you're moving one step closer to actually the answer through your curiosity, like failure the the anxiety and fear of failure loses its power yeah you just have to trust that you're gonna find the answer you know like even like let's say i go on instagram and nothing happens like i know i don't grow i don't nothing like it's just a waste like okay you learn something you take in information from that failure and you can do it better next time and so how do you think you're not just gonna stumble onto success it's accumulated after hours and hours of putting in the work and kind of seeing which ways will will lead you to like a better answer you know what i'm saying because yeah failure failure is a lesson at the end of the day and your mind can only the the greatest experience the greatest lesson is experience and so when you experience all those failures you will subconsciously know what to do differently next time yeah Totally. And another thing that's coming to mind based off that is like this idea that learning requires some form of payment or some form of currency. And like you can do that by, I don't know, paying for university or you can do it by like paying for mentorship or coaching. But another way you could pay for learning is through failure or through pain. You're like depositing those failures in the bank. So then each failure, you're learning something new and you arrive at those conclusions. So yeah, this this conversation is making me like eager to like take action on that YouTube channel because even yeah. if I massively fail, like who cares? Like what is lost? Exactly. What is really lost? What do you have to lose in the long run? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really the only thing you have to lose is your comfort and your security. And that's the one thing that the mind wants to protect the most. But once you get rid of the that comfort and that security is when that real real growth will will unfold. And so I say this all the time. I think self-improvement really just boils down to shunning the comfort and shunning that cheap dopamine like we talked about earlier Mm -hmm. and just going all in on the unknown and following your intuition and learning from your mistakes and making mistakes and not being afraid to make mistakes because that's really what leads to, to the growth and to you becoming you're meant to be exactly dude you hit it on the head i I would have said i literally would have said the exact same thing um so like with this mindset and with this online stuff ghostwriting philosophy like what do you think the next year looks like for you like what are your do you have any specific goals like how do you want to get there like what are you thinking um yeah so i definitely want to grow and monetize this ghostwriting business that's definitely number one on my mind right now to, to grab my my first few clients in the next coming months, to get enough online income to where I can lower my hours at like the nine to five that I'm working. Like I, I work at a restaurant right now. Mm-hmm. And so once I grab a few clients, it's like a, it's like a path, like I lower my hours and then like slowly cut it off. Um, and I definitely want to travel over the summer. Like I got to go to Panama with the boys and I got to, yeah, yeah. I want to visit Mexico with some other homies and, yeah, man, it's just really I'm, the number one thing on my mind right now is is growing my business. Um, obviously, I have other goals like I want to learn how to fight. I, w- I want to train more time and I want to have more time to explore my interests. Like I really want to explore Eastern philosophy more and dig deep because I feel like I know a lot, but I want to like know more. I want to like actually dive in and like learn about the specific things and, and like specific people. Um, and it's just really growing my business to have that freedom to pursue other areas. That's kind of what's on my agenda. I know 2023 is going to be a crazy year for, for me and for all the homies, if we just keep, keep fucking going. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that group chat that we have, like that shit is, that shit has been so instrumental to me, like to my personal growth, just having like a group of guys who were all trying to do the same thing. 
um, constantly talking in there every day. It's like, yeah, I can't sit around if you guys are all like grinding and saying like, I just, I just wrote five threads and I'm like sitting in bed. Like I can't, I can't have it happen, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're in a similar headspace for like what we're trying to do over the next year. Like Matt and I were talking about this as well, like learning how to fight, like whatever that means. Um, I'm interested in you saying Muay Thai, like why, why do you think you want to pick that? Um, I've just, well, first of all, I took a, a few classes of Muay Thai already. So mm-hmm. it was really interesting. I was like, damn, this, this shit is sick. Um, but I know Muay Thai is like a really effective combat style, especially for men. Like it's, yeah. it's basically kickboxing, but with your elbows and your knees. Um, so it's, it's really effective. It's perfect for like, like learning how to fight in the streets or like being prepared for, for like anything to happen, like in a bar or some shit um yeah like yeah i'm intrigued yeah i'm definitely intrigued bro because like i've never done any type of combat sport before i was thinking about potentially getting into jujitsu but like from what i've heard like that's not actually as practical like in a like street setting or like a setting where you have to defend yourself now i'm sure it would be but i also have like I've had three pretty major surgeries, like both my shoulders and my knee. And like, I feel like in jujitsu, people are just like yanking on your arms all the time. And like, I'm not trying to have my shoulders dislocate. They've both dislocated like 50 times before. And just like, I'm over it. Uh, But, but the kickboxing angle or like the Muay Thai angle is intriguing to me. So this summer, I mean, I don't know if you're going to, if you're down, but uh if we end up like going to buenos aires and or living somewhere in south america like we all gotta like find a gym and like practice and do the shit bro yeah we're gonna be sparring in the gym and everything bro don't worry that'd be that'd be so cool dude sparring (laughs) in the gym like in the morning grinding like doing ghostwriting like just working on online business afternoon like reading philosophy like training muay thai like eating steak like could be the life bro bro that is the way like that's really yes. what i'm working towards Same. and like you obviously need like a certain amount of income for that which is really what i'm striving for in these next couple months mm-hmm. so Same it's here. just like, it's lying the foundation for the rest of 2023 to where i can really focus on what i want to do with my business and then from there i can either look to expand and create like a fucking like six figure a month business or I can just explore other areas and, and pursue my interests. So it's this 2023 is really building the the foundation for me to like exponentially mm-hmm. rise into like what I want to do. And I'm sure same. you're the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's so exciting, bro. It's like it's the stepping stone to freedom in my mind. Um like growing this online business. And it's the stepping stone out of and this word is overused, but out of the matrix. Like it's you kind of have to like find your way out of the matrix and you can do that in so many different ways. And online business is one of them. Like I still have about a year and like a year and two months left of college. So like, that's like the last part of me that's still like kind of in this matrix. Um, Well, you got, you got plenty of time, bro. That's so much time. Right. Exactly. So I got only about a year left. And then hopefully by that point, like we can grind our way to, freedom like once that once that year's over so i'm excited yeah. to see like where we're at in uh in about like a year or two it's gonna be exciting but i can't wait to look back like january 2024 and, and see like really how far we've come yeah and yeah that's another thing like i don't want to look back in january 2024 and be like damn i could have done so much more exactly you know what i mean like that's really that's something uh, that motivates me a lot because i've i've definitely looked back like a few years ago i'd be like damn i should have done this or that there's lots of regrets and that feeling of regret is so important because it Mm -hmm. it drives you not feel regret so you better do what you got to do so you you're in a better place exactly bro i i feel you on that like yeah the fear of not getting where you want to be is is greater than the excitement of where you want to be in some ways which is an interesting way to look at it um and um Sorry, going back to like my five grand mushroom trip, that's another yeah, yeah. thing that comes to mind. Like you look back and you're like, damn, because mushroom trips are like a great way, for, at least for me to like reflect on like the past few months. And so you kind of, when I was like tripping balls, I was uh, reflecting, I was like, damn, like I need to do more. 
And every every emotion you feel on mushrooms is amplified by 10. So that feeling of regret was just so like great. But it led to like so many great insights, which is like, okay, this is what I need to do and do and, and I need to do this. And so a bad trip can actually be like, can turn into like the thing that you need, the catalyst to like make that change. And so, yeah, bro, I felt that regret. And I was like, I need to go harder. I need to move smarter. I need to stack my, stack my bread and just my North star became clear. So yeah. it was, it was great. Yeah, bro. And you're definitely on the path right now. I could just tell by your mindset, the way you talk, like, we're, I think we're both on the, on the right path. So dude, yeah. this was, uh, this was such a sick conversation. I'm so excited to listen back to it. Um, pull out some <laughs> insights, but, um, before we hop off, like you want to plug your Twitter, your ghostwriting, like where can people find you at? Yeah, so on Twitter at Center HPS, Jad the Eastern Way. Um, yeah, I talk about philosophy. I talk about meditation. I talk about I talk about everything we talked about in this podcast. And yeah, I'm also a ghostwriter. So if you want, you can check me out. And uh, yeah, also check Jack Moses out if you're listening. <laughs> Bro's a fucking wizard with threads. Um, yeah, I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you. It's uh, I'm learning. I'm learning most of everything from from that group chat and from you guys. So I really yeah. appreciate you guys. But yeah, yeah. dude, this was sick. Appreciate yeah, bro. you, bro. I'll hop on again. Definitely, like maybe in a year, we hop on and see what's up. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you, dude. Peace. All right, bro.